Hello, I'm Major Adrian Allman. And I'm Captain Claire Allman. Welcome to the Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army podcast series. Birmingham Citadel is a Christian church located in Birmingham City Centre in the UK. This podcast is a recording of the Bible message that is shared during the Sunday worship service. You can now watch our service online through live stream at 10.30am every Sunday morning and can also find our stories and videos on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. It's good to have you share with us and as you listen we pray that God will speak to you. May you know God's abundant blessing today. I sometimes think when Claire's away I have to remind myself I'm, I'm not a useless idiot, especially when it comes to looking after two young girls. I'm quite confident around them. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I can handle it all. And yesterday morning, I, I decided that I would invite them to make some choices and help. So I said as we got up, what would you like for breakfast? I was expecting cereals or toast. The answer I got was, can we have pancakes? Pancakes? Yeah, can we have pancakes? I'm thinking on my feet as fast as I possibly could here, thinking there's no way I'm doing pancakes. I had visions of pancake batter dripping off the cupboards, this cloud of flour filling the kitchen, syrup over every part of the table. I thought, there is no way on earth we are doing pancakes this morning. And so thinking on my feet very quickly, I said, I'm sorry, girls, I don't know how to make that. Bright-eyed Katie. That's okay, Daddy. It's here in the recipe book. (laughs) And she goes to her own little recipe book where it's written out in her own little handwriting and she tells me how to make pancakes. I don't know how I managed to bluff my way through it, but needless to say, we did not make pancakes yesterday morning. We had cereal and toast. (laughs) End of... It's funny how she was quick to remind me of the simple things. I know that pancakes are dead easy to make. It's not exactly uh, Chateaubriand, is it? It's it's a pretty simple recipe. And it reminds me that as a follower of Christ, sometimes we need to remind ourselves from time to time on our journey of some of the simple things that are at the heart of our journey of faith. Claire talked last week when she introduced the new vision statement of the territory, loving God and loving others, about the basics and how that was at the essential part of the basics. This morning I want to turn to Mark chapter 1, if you've got your scripture with you. Mark chapter 1, beginning at verse 16. Because this is actually where it happened for the disciples of Jesus. This was the basics. This was where it all started. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired man, men and followed him it's very basic isn't it 
as calling goes. It's not exactly a weekend at Design for Life, is it? It's three short statements. Three simple questions. And yet, I think there's plenty of lessons to learn from these first disciples. So what can we learn? Well, I often wonder in this conversation, what was it that attracted these four men to Jesus? Because like I say, you're not exactly given any indication here he's a great preacher. We've got three sentences. It's not exactly a great communicator. It's not a hard PR sell. It's a very basic conversation. As Jesus reached out to Simon Andrew and to James and John, it was in the shortest possible way. There was nothing mystical about it. There was nothing profound about it. This isn't C.S. Lewis here. So therefore, the only conclusion I can come to is that what attracted to them, what attracted them to following was the man stood before them. He was the attraction. There must have been an authenticity about Jesus. There must have been something very visible, very pleasing about his character, his nature, to prompt such a drastic action of leaving jobs behind, leaving family behind, to become followers. There must have just been something about Jesus that was just indescribable that made them walk after him. Jesus was a good man. He revealed through his life godliness. Perhaps they saw that there was something genuine about this man that was worth discovering. I wonder when you look at the life of Jesus, do you look at a man that you think, hey, there's something genuine about this guy and there's more to discover? The authenticity of Jesus was attractive. And in the few short years that Jesus would have the company of these men, he would encourage them to live an authentic life themselves. A life that would reflect the character of God that he was trying to live out before them. So here's the first lesson from the twelve that we need to remember. That's at the heart of our journey of faith. We are to reflect the character of Jesus. We are to reflect the character of Jesus. I'm actually amazed that this group stayed. These four guys respond to the conversation. If you jump over into chapter 2 of Mark, you read of one of the early uh, experiences. Jesus is going along. He heals a man, uh, a paralyzed man, and he makes him walk again. And in verse 6 of chapter 2, we read this. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? I'm actually amazed that these guys stayed. Why? Because it didn't take it long for these guys to encounter negativity. I was watching Match of the Day last evening, uh, the night before I think it was, Newcastle United. 
gosh, those supporters of Newcastle United are a tragic bunch of people, you know. <laughs> Their team isn't doing great. And do you know what happened? St. James Park, what is it, 55,000 in St. James Park? What do they start singing? We want Brucey out, we want Brucey out. Now, Brucey is Steve Bruce, the manager, and if you're a Villa supporter, you'll perhaps understand why they were singing it. <laughs> He's been Hull City's manager as well, and I understand. But can you imagine what that must feel like? You're an individual human being, and 55,000 people in an enclosed space are singing that about you. Talk about negativity. Jesus encountered negativity right at the beginning of his ministry. Dealing with uncertainty and doubt, dealing with troubles and trials, are the things we all have to face in life's journey. How we handle them is important. These things come, they're part of life. But dealing with negativity is a totally different thing. And you know what? Sadly, it's directed at us all from time to time. Here's the simple second lesson here. Not only were the disciples to reflect the life of Jesus, they weren't to be discouraged by negativity. Friends, I say to you, don't be discouraged by negativity. There's plenty of it about. My experience is that the critics don't normally do much. They thrive on sitting there giving opinion and critique. They don't actually do any work. So friends, don't be harmed by negativity. Thankfully, the group of 12 did stay. I think I might have been inclined to say thanks very much, but if this is the kind of people you're attracting, mate, uh, no thank you. They didn't. They stayed. And actually, they would quickly realise that a life with Jesus, they were not going to be casual observers. Jump a little bit further on in Mark, chapter 6. We read about the greatest picnic in the history of mankind. Jesus feeding the 5,000. The disciples come to Jesus. They say, hey, it's been a long day. Look at this big crowd. Why don't you send them home and we can have our supper together? Jesus says, you feed them. And suddenly he introduces them to this lifestyle that says, you are not going to be casual observers if you're a follower of mine. No way. You're going to be a worker. And so he makes them do work. It's a simple lesson. Do you know, we are here to do what God asks us to do. And more than that, we are here to do it well. He didn't just say, oh, I'll find something you know, they'll be happy. He said, feed them. And he expected them to do it well. Martin Luther, the great Reformation theologian, said this, the maid who sweeps her kitchen is doing the will of God just as much as the monk who prays. Not because she may sing a Christian hymn as she sweeps, but because God loves clean floors. The Christian shoemaker does his Christian duty, not by putting little crosses on the shoes, but by making good shoes, because God is interested in good craftsmanship. See what's been said here. 
We're not casual observers if we're followers of Jesus. We're people who are asked to get involved in the work. And so the third little lesson that I remind myself of being a follower of Jesus is we should do what God asks us to do and do it well. I read a, 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 one of Dietrich Bonhoeffer's books the other day, and in that book he said this, we must be ready to allow ourselves to be interrupted by God. I like that idea. That actually God asks us to do work when we're not expecting it. He asks us to do things that we're not ready for. On Friday, I took foot, the, the, the bell rang. And we'll tell you all about Friday. The bell rang mid-morning. It was our normal couple of homeless guys wanting a cup of coffee. Went down, made them a cup of coffee. Delivered it. Four sugars. Yeah. Can I have some biscuits? Yeah, it's fine. I went and got some biscuits. Engaged in conversation. Ten minutes later, the bell rings again. Can we have another one, mate? Right, okay. Trying to get on with my work here. That's fine. I'll go down. I made another one. By the time I got the third buzzer within an hour asking for a third and fourth cup of tea, I'm starting to think to myself, do you know what? I'm not getting any work done here. But actually, it's the little things, that little video. That's the ministry. God's saying, do you know what? I'm interrupting you because I want you to work and do it well. Ministry is relational. It's found in the cup of tea that we give on the doorstep to our friends that are homeless. Sadly, we don't always feel that we do what we should, and it leads to disappointment. I'm always touched by the story of Peter on the shore after the resurrection. He's not a happy bunny, is he? He's beating himself up because he failed at that moment to stand up for God. At my core in uh, Sydney, I had a lovely little retired officer. And if she's watching this morning, um, Major Heather Merrick over in Sydney, it's lovely to see you. She was a true gem. And she came alongside me very often. And on those days when she could see that I... I wasn't in a good place. She would just turn around to me and in typical Aussie manner, she would say, stop beating yourself up. Sorry? Stop beating yourself up. And actually it was what I needed to hear. The ability to beat oneself up is something we always do. In this Bonhoeffer book that I was reading, the cost of discipleship. Bonhoeffer says this, the community of the saints is not an ideal community consisting of perfect and sinless men and women where there is no need of further repentance. No, it's a community which proves that it's worthy of the gospel of forgiveness by constantly and sincerely proclaiming God's forgiveness. If you remember my installation five years ago, I talked about 2 Corinthians, treasure in jars of clay. I told you that I was a cracked vessel, that I wasn't perfect, but I had the treasure. 
I'm still not perfect, and I'm still prone to beating myself up at times. But actually, God says to me in his wonderful forgiveness, stop beating yourself up. And that's exactly what happened to Peter on the shore. Jesus came alongside him and he said, stop beating yourself up, go feed my sheep. We're not always going to do what we should do. That doesn't mean we can live without due care and attention, flippant in our behaviour, knowing that the forgiveness of God can be sought. But what it does mean is that on those occasions, when we don't always do what we want to do, rather than beat ourselves up, we can seek the grace of God once again. What's the worst journey you've ever been on? Can you remember it? Can you picture it? I can. Oh, it's etched in my head. Gatwick to Orlando, British Airways. Young Katie Allman, two years of age, taxiing to the runway. She would not sit down in the seat. She clambered out the seat to be on mum. She's screaming her head off. The cabin bursa comes down the middle of the, the, the cabin, screaming at us. Get her set down. She's 18 months, mate. She's 18 months. We're trying here. Literally, we're pinning her to the seat to try and get her to do it. Upon which the other lady cabin bursa comes and shouts at her. Well, that's a really good way of getting her to do this, isn't it? He then threatens to send us back to the gate and offload us. Honestly, it was horrendous. Once we're in the air, once the seatbelt signs off, she was happy as Larry. But for that moment, she did not want to be in that chair. Mark chapter 4 reminds us there's a time when these disciples did not enjoy the journey. They were on a boat. They were crossing the, the, the sea and a storm whips up. And what do they shout? They shout to Jesus, don't you care if we drown? And Jesus just calms everything. He gets involved and he sorts everything. I think Jesus says to us, as disciples of Christ, we are to enjoy the journey. To enjoy the journey. And if we're going to do that, we need to be well resourced. I tell you, the flight home from Orlando was ten times better because we made sure we had a bag with umpteen things in that as we're taxiing, we're keeping her entertained. But we'd learned from that experience the need to have resources in place. If we're going to enjoy the journey, we need to have the resources. Finally, coming back to these guys... When they left their nets, I often think to myself, I wonder how long they thought that was going to last for. They left everything. How long did that journey, how long was it going to be? A few weeks? Did they anticipate it be the three years? I don't know. Isaiah 40 says to us, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I'm not into birds and that kind of stuff, geography. 
But I did a little bit of research that eagles, it tells me, have long wings. And actually, it takes a lot of energy to them to flap these things. They can do it, but they choose not to. So when they're in flight, they decide to get up high, get on the thermals, and soar, just stretching it out because it conserves their energy. 20 times less energy is required soaring than flapping. When eagles fly long distance, they soar, and that's how they do it. They use their energy well. You know, God wants us to enjoy this journey of faith, and therefore he wants us to use our energy well and claim all the heavenly resources in order to make it happen. This morning, I thought I'd just remind you and me of some lessons we can learn from the Twelve. Simple lessons, not difficult. Reflect the character of Jesus. Don't be discouraged by negativity. Do what God asks you and do it well. Don't beat yourself up. Enjoy the journey. And learn to find your ongoing strength in God. You know, down the years, people have been attracted by accounts of the life of Jesus Christ. They've begun a journey of faith. God's reached out to them, and they've become followers, just like Simon and Andrew, James and John. Just like the original disciples, they too have learned simple lessons that have become fundamental to their journey. Today, I've reminded myself of some of the important ones, and I hope in doing so, I've reminded you too. Do you know what, though? I've discovered on this journey of faith, you need to remind yourself of those things often. Often. A journey of faith started for the twelve. Their eyes were open to God in their midst, reaching out to them. And they learned basic lessons of faith. And this good, godly man on the shore became a close friend, mentor, and saviour. So friends, how about your journey? For Chris and Lucy, it's a new chapter of the journey. What about your journey? Where are you on your journey? Are you reflecting the character of Jesus? Are you being discouraged by negativity? Are you doing what God asks you? Are you doing it well? Are you allowing yourself to be beaten up? Are you enjoying the journey? Are you learning to find your ongoing strength in God? We're going to just reflect on our message this morning, and as we do, we're going to use a song that we know well, as it's going to help us, and it simply says, King of Kings, Majesty, God of heaven living in me, gentle saviour, closest friend, strong deliverer, beginning and end, all within me, falls at your throne. That's what happened for those four fishermen. They fell at the throne of God and discovered him to be a gentle saviour and close friend. Is he yours? 
how's your journey today? If it would help you to come to this place of prayer, please do. But let's sing together, King of Kings, Majesty. this morning as we come and just share our prayers as we reflect on the message Lord I just pray that you'll help us each to reflect the character of Jesus those disciples saw something in you that was just so special and now you ask that we take that character on board and reflect it ourselves Lord I pray that you'll protect us from negativity from those forces that just seek to bring us down to criticise us Because here we are, Lord, we just give ourselves as your servants, willing to do whatever God asks of us. And Lord, we want to do it well. We don't just want to do it, we want to do it well for the King of Kings. For Lord, those moments when we do fail you, we thank you for your forgiveness. And rather than feeling that we beat ourselves up about it, instead let us seek your grace and let us just ask for restoration in those moments 
And most of all, we pray that we enjoy our journey as disciples. That we will find pleasure in walking with you, knowing that our ongoing strength is found in you. So Lord, bless us this day. And may we learn lessons from the twelve. And may we remind ourselves of them often. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. So you don't miss any further recordings, please subscribe to this podcast and also share and review it to help other people find and join our Birmingham Citadel online congregation. This has been a production for Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army in the United Kingdom. If you'd like to know more about us or want to worship with us, then visit our webpage at birminghamcitadel.co.uk.